Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, we're doing good. Um, we're recording on a Thursday night as usual. Shout out to all the draft maniacs out there. Probably listening to this on a Friday, unless you're an absolute sicko like us and you're still up watching film on a Thursday night. Um, Metcalf, I'm doing good. Pretty good week. How about yourself? How are we, how are we holding up? Oh, just thriving. Um, Excited for a a little family get-together this weekend, so going out of town. So I I just get to end my week talking hoops with you. I mean, what else can a guy ask for? Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for much. We can't be greedy because that's just the mountaintop, but I'm right there with you, bud. I feel like this is becoming uh, the best weekly tradition I could possibly have on my routine. What do we got tonight? The fans are talking. They want to hear. They feel like you've got something up your sleeves. We're going to have a good time, as always. Yeah, so I we're, we're going to role play as Dr. Frankenstein, and we're going yeah. to build our monster. We're each going to kind of draft and build our ideal prospect. So we're going to take specific skills from players in this draft class and put them into what our ideal prospect is. Uh, the categories we're choosing from are on-ball scoring, off-ball shooting, playmaking, body, athleticism, on-ball defense, and off-ball defense. Um, we could have gotten way more specific with some things. We could have been more broad with others. Um, I feel like those are kind of the you know six or seven main categories that we can kind of look at and be as specific or vague as we want to be and kind of really build out a fun creation. Um, There's a lot of versatility all across the board in this draft class with these categories. So I think we should be able to cover a ton of different prospects and how we're going to do this is we're just going to alternate back and forth. And once a player is picked for a specific skill, they are then off the table for anything else. So um, let's say I chose Grady Dick's off ball shooting. Grady Dick is now off the table for anything else for either of us. So anything I missed, Rucker? No, that's a good, I, I like this. This is a good, good exercise. You know, the mad scientist back in the lab, creating some fun stuff on the podcast segments. Um, we had an idea that we were going to do for this episode and me and Metcalf are just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've had just a disaster of a mind, you know, uh, I'm trying not to swear as much as I can, but we were just screwed up this morning. We were like, we can't, uh, we got to postpone it. We'll do it another episode. So. This is way too difficult. <laughs> Corey, if you're listening, um, shout out Corey. He's your idea, Corey, that you're listening. Like the idea you texted me, me and Metcalf have literally struggled with it for two weeks to figure out what we want to do. So we'll do that in a later time. It's, it'll be a good one, but this one is going to be fun. And for all of my Gene Wilder fans out there, Frankenstein, you know, <laughs> young Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Um, but I'm excited for this one. Um, it's going to get a little weird. Um, Metcalf threw this idea at me at the last second, then sent me a really insulting text about how I needed to get my attitude. Yeah, you were, right. you were a little, you were being a little bitchy. I'm just, I'm just going to be <laughs> playing about it. And hey, I, you know, I, I kind of had enough of it. Yeah. I, well, now you Shape got me up. pissed off. Now I'm going to have a real, <laughs> But this is going to be a good one. So um, I'm ready whenever you are, sir. No, I, I feel like I've gone first the last couple of times we've done these draft type things. Okay. So I, I'm going to give you the floor. Now, everyone thinks I'm going to make an obvious pick because that's, you know, that's what that, that's we all do. You. Yeah, that's what would everyone do. And I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be my normal self. And I'm going to I'm going to pick a guy that some people have been saying should be in the second round. Oh my god! Yeah, I think he's a first rounder. Um, I've been already. I've been praising his his ability all year. Metcalf's finally started to buy in on him. I'm going off ball shooting. Mm, okay, and I'm gonna take Jordan Hawkins of UConn because we talked about it last episode. That dude, when we did the big board, that dude runs miles and miles yeah, and does. miles and i just love everything he does away from the ball when it comes to coming off screens coming up you know pin downs just movement shooting i i absolutely love it so 
Um, I had a couple guys on my list, but I, I want to give Jordan Hawkins some early love because I know how easy it would have been to just pick, you know, the obvious French alien for some of the categories, but we'll save that later, Metcalf. The people want some versatility. What do you think? Um, so I, I, I love the pick. He was obvious for that skill. He was towards the top of my list. Uh, Value-wise, that's just horrendous. I that's mean, fine. You, 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 you wouldn't make it out of the draft. Yeah, the, the, the owner of your team would fire you. No, um, he gave me an extension on the spot. He'd be like, um, "Hey, you, you really know how to find him." <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a big Jordan Hawkins fan. Um, he, I, I, we've talked about him a couple of times with the shooting percentages and how I don't think it's really indicative of how good of a shooter this dude actually is. And then you actually look at the percentages now, and it's thirty nine point nine percent on almost seven and a half attempts a game. Those are awesome numbers. But then you factor in the how much ground he covers, the versatility and the difficulty of his shots, the movement shooting, the spot-up shooting, uh, the constantly running off screens, relocating. This dude runs miles and miles. He would be an absolute nightmare to defend. I, I think from day one, he could be one of these guys where that skill translates immediately and is he's able to make an immediate impact because of how adept he is at running off screens changing pace changing directions and just naturally finding himself in these open pockets on the perimeter i think he's gonna be one of the more underrated guys that i i, I think he's a first rounder i think it's a yeah. no questions asked i think he's a first rounder I, I love everyone in the draft community we can always talk hoops i've had some people tell me like hey it's the early second rounder i'm like no Dream bigger. You, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bit bigger, darling. I have him 20. Where? What, what about you? I have him 20. Love you, Metcalf. Absolutely love you. I'm looking stop, at it right stop now. Stop hacking my computer and <laughs> stealing my rankings. But, I mean, hey, you, the numbers are backing it up. He's, he's putting up high number of field goal attempts, and he's had games where he's taken over. Um, and you look at synergy. You look at the advanced numbers. I mean, on shot attempts. Jump shots, 91st percentile. Catch and shoot, 89th percentile. Um, all field goal attempts, 85th percentile. I mean, he's just putting up crazy numbers. I think on all offense, give me one sec. Yeah, so I, well, just looking at like the play types, 89th percentile running off screens, 98th percentile as a spot-up shooter, yeah. um, and 89th percentile catch and shoot. Like <laughs> Overall half court, 94th. I mean, all possessions, 93rd. I mean, he's just, I think this is a guy that teams are, you're looking for shooting and NBA teams are foaming at the mouth for shooters now. Jordan Hawkins is an offensive machine and he can do a little bit of everything. And he's shown some stuff on defense too that I think is is developing. So I just really, really like what he can do off the ball. I think that's an important skill. And I think he's one of these guys that we might look back years and be like, huh, Jordan Hawkins go 23rd, you know, or something like that where, it wouldn't shock me if a team falls in love with him and he goes within the top 20. Um, I just, I think he's a really talented player. I think he's only going to keep creeping up too. So enough of my pick. Let's hear what you got, Mr. Metcalf, mad scientist. Well, I'm going with what was number one on my board Um, for playmaking. I'm going Scoot Henderson. Um, Wow. The, the OTE truthers just lit their pitchforks, <laughs> grab their pitchforks and lighten their, lighten their tur- or lanterns. Yeah. I, I don't think it's particularly close. I, I think Scoot Henderson's pretty easily the best playmaker in this class. And I think that as his career ages, I'm pretty confident in that bearing out. Um, I know the argument is going to be that Amen Thompson is the best playmaker in this class. I think Amen's a really creative and dynamic passer. I think there's a ton of upside there. I don't think he's as good as Scoot. I think what Scoot has shown, the development that Scoot has shown uh, from last year to this year is tremendous. Um, I wrote about, or I broke down his playmaking over at NoSeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Go check it out um, earlier this year. And Last year, it was a lot of flash. It was a lot of highlights, a lot of really crazy, chaotic passing that is awesome for the highlight reel. But there wasn't a whole lot of nuance to it. There weren't, you know, he wasn't manipulating defenders as much. He wasn't, you know, taking an extra step to his side to create a little bit bigger of an angle uh, to deliver that bounce pass to his roller. Um, It's little stuff like that that he's really honed and controlled this year where he's controlling the entire momentum um and pace of a game through his playmaking 
when I look at Amen Thompson, I see a lot more of what Scoot was doing last year than what he's doing this year. And that's not to discredit Amen's passing or anything like that. I just think Scoot has the ability to make these flashy highlight worthy passes and also control the game and the half court offense on a much more minute level that no one else in this class has really shown on a significantly consistent basis. I'm right there with you. Um, I absolutely love what I've seen from Scoot throughout the year as a playmaker. I think, you know, he's, he's showing that the game slowed down a lot this year. Um, I'm starting to understand the debate. Oh, gosh, here we go. All right. All right, Metcalf. I wasn't going to bring this to the table, so okay. we're going to go a little off track. The Brandon Miller, if Detroit got two, is it still automatic scoot in your yes. head? Okay. I'm still there, but I understand the the conversation that is starting to take place that is probably going to get louder and louder over the next two months. Um, anyways, let's get back to it. <laughs> I still love Scoot. He's number two. He's not going to move. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the word is. If teams aren't convinced about Scoot being an automatic number two, I think if someone had the second pick and didn't take him, um, oh boy, you, you better, you have some huevos, um, because I would not do that. I think it's an absolute, you can't pass on this kid. And I love Brandon Miller. I love a lot of guys in this class, but I think it's one and two. And uh, then the draft starts for me. <laughs> like, so, and just going off what you said, the playmaking, I think a lot of people are going to jump at that first pick. Like, what are you talking about? Scoot is go watch the game against Victor. I mean, he, he made some plays that one game he played. And I, I was just, I saw it in person. I was like, Oh my gosh, like just the recognition of, of when to kick out, when to attack, when to dump off, like his pick and roll playmaking even this year has just been outstanding when it comes to feel and waiting to the last second to dump off. So I'm right there with you. All right. Well, who, who you got next? On that note, I'm taking a men Thompson for playback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I actually agree with a lot of stuff you just said when it comes to the debate with those two. But there's, a, I had a lot of names for the playmaking category, but a man at, at, with the playmaking, he's got some vision. He's got some stuff that I think is going to be what he leans on early on in the NBA. Um, while he's the rest of his game continues to develop. I think he's just hopefully going to go to a team that gives him the ball and they're like, Hey, your best skill, go out there and do it. Don't, don't worry about everything else. We'll figure out the rest of your game with time. But for now, use your best skill to your advantage and six, seven with great vision and, and upside. Uh, I get it. I think there's a lot of people that are in the draft community. that are going to get furious if the year keeps going this way, because I can see a man in a SAR trending closer to the top 10 or, you know, than one, two or three, but people just have to understand this is a process. A lot of stuff can change. And then we're also going to have pro day workouts and that happens again. Now all of a sudden those guys might start scorching again. It's, this is the draft. It happens all the time. So I'm taking them in. So where would your kind of ideal fit for a man be? Um, oh, here I, we go he's, he's obviously this Uber athletic point guard i think you have to play him on ball if you bring him in with the hopes that he can be more of a combo guard or a wing even uh, i think you're going to be really disappointed because I, he's just always played his entire life as a point guard and i think that's where you really leverage his rim pressure and playmaking and if you take him off ball you lose all of that almost so knowing that he kind of has to be a point guard from day one where do you really like him I love Rockets fans. I don't want them there. Um, I'm not sure I want anyone there. Sorry, Rockets fans. No, that's not true. I, I There's some guys I want in Houston. I don't want them in there. And my only reasoning actually, is... Actually, is, Scoot Henderson in, in Houston would be incredible. That's that's what we're talking now. Um, and, and I love Rockets fans. I do not want them in there. Um, and it's because you're you're creating a... You're creating a problem with the weakness. 
his weakness is becoming a bigger problem around that squad. And it's also Shangun's turning into a star. You're taking the ball out of his hands. You know what I'm just saying? Like scoot, scoot would be fine there. Yeah. I would love scoot there. Um, everyone's going to say San Antonio and I would, I would, that would probably be my first like, okay, yeah, I, I would buy into San Antonio. They'll figure some stuff out. They'll be a good spot. Does Orlando make any sense? And yes, they have 10 guards, but I feel like Orlando with Suggs, man, that's fun. Like yeah. Suggs or <laughs> Suggs, Amen, Franz and Paulo is really fun. Humongous. My guy, yeah. Bull Bull. Like I, it, so like somewhere like that where it's like, okay, Suggs, you guys can ro- split off each other. That playmaking would be very fun there. So I don't know. Um, I'm looking at everybody else. Toronto would probably make him like a Hall of Famer just because that's what <laughs> the, the, we wouldn't be ready for it. I don't know. It's it's a little wild, but I, I would say San so, Antonio. So, so you propose the question of does Detroit take Scoot at two? Say they fall to three. Do they take a man? No, because they're they? taking they they want to drop to three because they're gonna take Brandon Miller. <laughs> no, if I was Detroit, I'd take Brandon Miller. Okay. Here's my hot take. Is I don't even though? think that's a hot take. That's a really good fit. I oh, mean are, are you talking about over scooter or over a man? No, over a man. Okay. Okay. Just making I'm, sure. I'm with just, you. Just I'm saying sure. Victor Scoot sure. one two. Yeah. Okay. All right, okay. we're getting off track, but we're having okay. fun. Um, I have given you two chances to take Victor Wembanyama at anything, yeah, and you, you have ignored it. I know because um, no one wants that. That's the easy thing. Everyone wants. That's why they listen. I'm to trying us. to win. You, you guys listening, win we love game. you. I I'm playing for everyone to have some fun while they're driving to work and they're smiling right now. Yeah, you and guys the, are welcome. Welcome to the, the electric factory. No. <laughs> um. The, the Don't thing do is, it. Let's let's make a rule. We can't take him for <laughs> like four four turns. Well, so th- that that's kind of the thing. Like, I as don't long know. As you could go. I don't know what to take because, like, his off ball defense is, I you know, that's his shot blocking, his help side rim protection, the pick and roll defense. But if I don't have his body, does all of that is that all as exciting? Same with the on ball scoring, like. In a normal six seven six eight, that's wild that that's a normal body here. But in that I shockingly body, have three guys listed for body. When I was like, "Wow, I got I got past Victor." So body frame, you're right. But then just body frame on its own, I'm not sure I'm super excited about that either. But exactly, that's what. So everyone, but gets also excited, his, like, oh. he has like a fucking nine foot wingspan. So, oh. Screw Everyone I, I, listening goes, oh, that's easy. You want to take Victor for frame. And it's like, do you? Yes, I do. Okay, go for, for it. So I love for, for, I for, love that you took him off the board there. There you for, go. For body, which is what he's going to be most ridiculed for. <laughs> Come draft night. I'm taking the seven foot four, eight and a half foot wingspan, Victor Wembanyama. I love it. <laughs> We should have done this last year, taking Chet with the body. Yeah. Shout out, Chet. Can't wait for him to get back. Um, I get it, though. But I mean, that, un- that makes sense. And you're you're also talking. No, we're not con- we're not considering that athleticism. So it's just the body. No. You're yeah. just you're just seven four. Well, it, with that wingspan, and I mean, I, I don't know if you saw the pictures the other week, but looking pretty ripped. Yeah. <laughs> when you're five percent body fat, that's it. <laughs> um, but okay. I, so, like, I, I think everything that Victor does is kind of based off of how freakish his dimensions are, and that's why it all looks so incredible and so, and why it's so effective. Uh, not trying to take away from his scoring touch or anything like that, but if you shrink him down seven inches, I'm not sure that he's as special as a player. Um, that he is right now, and that's because he's doing stuff at seven four that we've never seen anyone that height do. So, there's my rationale. Okay, so now everyone listening, Metcalf was making fun of me for not picking in the right order, but you don't understand. The value is coming to me. I, I'm I'm gonna tear this board apart now. Like, just everyone remember this part. I mean, we're all less than 20 minutes in. I'm about to destroy this board. Okay, 
So you took Victor for body. So to review, Metcalf's mad scientist, Frankenstein, is Scoot Henderson with the playmaking, Victor Wimanyama with the frame. Myself, I have Jordan Hawkins off-ball shooting and Amen Thompson playmaking. Now, the best part is I have the two guys I wanted for the frame. I don't even have to touch them. There's great. I'm going to get this because you're already done. This is perfect. So athleticism. Give me Andre Jackson because he's a freak of nature. Yeah. I like that. Here we go. Um, let's get serious for a second. Andre Jackson, I absolutely love him at calf. I know he's slowed down a little bit. Yeah. How are we feeling? Are we still just a believer of like, hey, whatever, he's fine. I don't need him to average 12 a game over a five-game stretch, or are we kind of like Ugh. I'm I'm not quite as hot on him as I was two, yes. three weeks ago. Um so and he, but I still have him at 31 and right around pick 25 is kind of where I would start entertaining where it's like, why, why not? Like, let's take a swing on this dude. He's an awesome defender. Uh, just chaos with his athleticism. Um, it's just, I, I'm still not sure how he really contributes at a high level in an NBA context. If that shot is just not there at all. So I'm intrigued. I like him a lot. I want him to be so good because I love 90% of what he does, but some of the decision-making, some of the, obviously the shooting, I've just cooled a little bit. I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm at the point where I think a team that falls in love with him is they're going to have a plan. They're going to be like, Hey, we don't care. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm trying to say like everyone out there is like, Rooker, what are you talking about? They're just going to be like, Hey, we have a specific role in mind for this kid and he's going to be a game wrecker. We don't need him to average, you know, 12 points a game or 15 points a game. I'm right there with you. I think when you get to the end of the first, I would be very excited. Especially this is a guy. If you have a number of picks, if you have multiple picks in the first round, I would absolutely be using one on Andre Jackson because that that's one of those roll of the dice that really hits and, you're collecting some serious assets when it comes to just like, okay, we, we hit on two of our picks now in the first round and Andre Jackson looks like to be a lethal potential six man, seventh man, you know? So, um, but when it comes to his athleticism, I I've said this to you, like everyone talks about the Thompson twins as insane athletes. I'm like, wait, yeah, has anyone watched Andre Jackson? (laughs) He's right there. He's right there. So, um, you know, I got a men and Andre with, I feel like in, in a weird world, I got a men's playmaking with a better athlete. Yeah, you heard it here. Call me out on it. I'm just dude, that guy gets he's cooking. freakish. Yeah. And and, and he, uh, oh sorry. It, no, and he doesn't care. Like when he leaps, like he's like, eh, if I die here, I die. <laughs> like it's like he just I swear to God, he gets undercut like three times a game just because he's trying to leap over half the court. It's like what like, dude, like you have no chance at that. Like just settle. There's like, stop taking all the Red Bull before the game. <laughs> no, take, turn take them up. It's like, and, you, and you men's in a, to... oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm too, I, I'm too excited now, but a men's in an unbelievable, but I feel with Andre, he literally will like change directions without yeah. slowing down at all. And then it's just anger. Like it is just pure anger and need for speed status when he's going to. So, um, yeah, we're cooking. I like my Frankenstein. Um, okay, you're up. Okay. Um, so, you know, just a little strategy. You already have off-ball shooting. I can wait on that. You already have athleticism. I can wait on that. See? Strategy um, is key. And I'm going to go on-ball scoring. Oh, wow. Here we go. Um, this is where we get weird. I got some names a- on here that are going to make you pass out. <laughs> This is a player that I overall kind of have some issues with, but what he does with the ball in his hand (laughs) is undeniable. Um, I'm going to go Bryce Sensabaugh. I knew it. Uh, On my list, and I was like, oh, gosh, I would love if that kept it. Okay. Talk to me about Bryce. Are you still in the same? Because his on-ball scoring, this is a good category. Yeah. Because I kept trying to – for everyone listening, I, t- I kept trying to get Metcalf to leak some stuff. And he was like, I'm not telling you anyone. Like, <laughs> stop it. We're trying to do a draft. And I was like, come on. Like, what are you vibing on? 
I wrote down some names on here and I was just looking at them and I was like, you know, for this, for on-ball scoring, for another category later I'll bring up, I was just going through my board and I was like, who's the guy? It's like, who's the big mm-hmm. one? So Sensible, though, I think he's going to have the the calling card here. So are you still same same position with Sensible? Are you warming up? Are you annoyed or I'm, we don't want to talk it, about it? I'm, it's complicated. <laughs> it, it's complicated because so let, let, let's just talk about the on-ball scoring um, first because I it, it is ridiculous. I mean, you're shooting 50.8% from the field, 47.4% from three, 80% from the line. Um, you know, he's in the 89th percentile on dribble jumpers, uh, 80th percentile in isolation. The Duke can score. His scoring touch is ridiculous. Um, it's kind of everything else that I really worry about. I mean, he doesn't get to the rim a lot. Um, the rebounding's excellent. The defense is awful. Um, the passing is inconsistent, but I think trending in the right direction and, obviously in an NBA context, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that translates because if he's not able to kind of generate space, which I don't think he really does right now. Um, and he's got a really good jab step and like one to pull up. Um, but when he really tries to break guys down, I think a lot of his shots look so impressive because they're really tough. If he's struggling to really consistently create space against college defenders, I'm not sure how that translates to NBA defenders. And, you know, obviously in college, he's got a huge gravity because of how good he's, he is as a scorer. And that creates some passing opportunities that he's starting to recognize a little quicker than he was earlier in the season. If he's not able to create that space against NBA defenders, I'm not sure those pa- same passing opportunities are there. So passing's trending in the right direction. Um, sorry, that was a long ramble, but I don't know if any of that made sense, but that's where I'm at. No, we, we all need those long, you know, little rambles and rants from you. Um, Sensible is going to be one guy that is going to be fascinating to watch throughout this whole process because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. Like, uh, it, it's just funny. Like, if you need scoring, you need a bucket. Sensible is going to be in your top five. Like, if, mm-hmm. if your team... If there's a front office that's like, hey, we need offense. We need shooters. We need someone who could score. We need someone that just could come in and all of a sudden look up and he's got 15 in eight minutes. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, he just gets hot. Sensible is right up there. You're going to be saying Bryce Sensible at the top of the list. I want to say that there's an, a world in where he unlocks some stuff, but I just don't know. And, and we've talked about him before. Tough shot making is a skill. I will continue yes. to say it. And he's probably the best tough shot maker in yep. this class. So there's going to be a lot of fans. There's going to be some truthers for Bryce Sensible. They have an army. It is growing every day because he's a bucket and everyone loves guys that can shoot and they're nasty and Sensible just, he gives me those TJ Warren vibes of like, Hey, you think you could be smothering Sensible and he just, okay, bucket, like swish, nothing, no problem. So yeah, I like the pick. That's a smart pick. Even though if we're, on the fence about him as where to put him range wise it's on ball scoring wise that's a great one so and now all of a sudden he's seven four so those tough mid-range fadeaways a lot (laughs) easier he got a lot better (laughs) frankenstein um okay do i want to be strategical and pick guys that you make your guy worse no i don't want to do that that's rude i want come on okay so to review Metcalf's got Scoot Henderson playmaking, Victor Wembanyama frame, Bryce Sensible on ball scoring. Pretty good combo. I got Jordan Hawkins off ball shooting, Amen Thompson playmaking, and Andre Jackson athleticism. Feel pretty good about that. Andre Jackson and Amen Thompson with Jordan Hawkins shooting ability is pretty fun. Okay, wait, actually, now I need to get sh- on ball scoring. Oh, gosh. This is <laughs> um, so I, I, I thought the on-ball scoring was really tough because there are a lot of guys who I think are going to project to be really good on-ball scorers. But when you kind of look at their numbers and what they're doing on a consistent basis, it's a little underwhelming right now. My problem is I have a lot of guys on my list for on-ball scoring that I really like, and they're nasty when it comes to creating separation in their shot and they can just get crazy hot. But 
like you just said, everyone would look at the numbers and be like, well, and I'm like, stop it. Okay. I know (laughs) there's some obvious choices, but I kind of want to throw a little bit of a wild card out there. Um, so for everyone listening, that'd be so unlike you at this draft. Yes. So unlike me, this guy needs some more talk. We need to talk about him a little bit more. Um, and we've talked about a lot of the other guys a lot. So I just want to throw a name out. So I'll, I'll do on ball scoring. Um, Turkavion Smith. Okay. I just watched like pretty much his whole year of, of film doing one of the midterms. Tickberg. What? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just let me, let me finish this. That dude is really taking a yeah. step. And I'm not saying like, don't look at his numbers, the way he's playing the game this year is taking a fantastic step. I think he's attacking the basket with some nastiness He's finishing tough. He's going into people. His playmaking is awesome this year. Like he, he's so funny watching his highlights, like and, and just his film the whole year. He's pulling up from ten feet beyond the arc, like just catch and shoot, like just looks ridiculous. But he's also like it's not just forcing all the time. He's also making beautiful reads, playmaking. So when it comes to on ball scoring, I'm seeing some really crafty stuff this year like off the dribble like counters spin dribbles hesitation step back so i i just think turkavion's a weird spot because we all kind of got in love with him at the end of the last year's draft cycle and then the combine he was exploding and i feel like everyone when you're the returner and you're doing exactly what we were expecting you don't get that buzz because everyone's like hey eh, we know what you are but we all need to watch Turkavion because ignore the numbers. Like I think he's doubled his assists this year, but his shooting, his scoring, he's going to be a problem at the next level. I, I think he's taken the steps and everywhere I wanted to see it. So I'm, I'm excited to keep watching him throughout the year, but I know there was some names on here that I could have mentioned like some honorable ones, but um, I want to give Turkavion some light. So what's kind of the biggest change in his offensive game that you noticed this year from last year i think this year now like he's attacking like there's still the obvious you know he'll he's got the green light he he, yeah. he will pull from anywhere and now it's really obvious he'll pull from <laughs> everywhere but now there's also some he's showing some patience now to let some stuff develop that he didn't show last year um or i just didn't see it as much and he's also showing like the willingness to take it off the dribble and be like, okay, they're sagging off. I can take this elbow jumper. The the desire to make that pass, the desire to make like find his teammates. He's making some beautiful reads to the bigs. And I I just I mean, when you double your assist per game in one season, that's eye-opening. And it, it's just you can tell he's really becoming a, a versatile weapon on the offensive side of the floor. So just like what I've seen, I think he's matured. I think this is exactly what you want to see with a guy that says like, Hey, I need to go back for a year. And he, he might've been a lottery pick last year. I mean, we don't know. He might've been a top 20 guy last year. And I think he deserves to be a top 20 guy this year. I think absolutely someone's going to get a dog in him. Something that I've kind of noticed with him is the improvement of his at room finishing where he's not doing these like wild contortions of his body to avoid contact. And he's just really getting in and creating contact and getting to the line more and finishing through contact. Is that something you noticed as well? Yeah. And it was the number one thing that stood out to me is it's not out of control. It's almost like determined going at people. It's almost like he heard for an entire off season of how he needed to be a better finisher at the rim. And he's like, all right, fuck you guys. I'm going to show you what I can do. And there's also some damn nastiness now. And and it's weird because I thought he was going to be a guy that came back and was like, Oh, Turkavion's gained 15 pounds. And I don't think he gained a ton of weight. No, no, I like might f- be physically wrong. he looks kind of similar. He looks kind of similar, just more cut up. And, and yeah. I might be wrong. Maybe he did, but he's got a different mentality now. Like now he's, spin dribbling off of pick and rolls and going right at the bigs and under the rim. He's just, he's got the athleticism, but now it's the mentality has flipped where it's just like, okay, that's something we want to see. And it's, I I was really late to the party. I was like, I don't know. I think teams last year are chasing this Jordan pool idea. 
And then I just watched all of his stuff and I was like, oh gosh, like I'm in like, absolutely. This looks nasty. I mean, I don't know if he's pulling up from 10 feet week one of training camp, but <laughs> he lo he looks like he can be a serious weapon at the next level. So. All right, cool. Sorry well, for my ramble. Had no, to give that's good. We spotlight. haven't talked about him. Enough. No, we need um, to. And thank God he was okay after that fall. So. Oh yeah. Gosh. Um, yeah. All right. So. I think he I, had the fall and came back and had 30. So I think he's okay. <laughs> you, you, you love to see it. Um, all right. So I'm going to pivot to defense here. Okay. Belt time. <laughs> Took you long enough. Yeah. Everyone knows I hate defense. Just not my thing. Um, oh boy. Uh, I'm torn. S screw it. I'll, I'll go with the obvious one. Um, I'll go on ball defense. I'll go case and Wallace. Oh, wow. Good, good. Where do you have Kaysen right now? Go. 11. I do too. Wow. Girl, you gotta stop. <laughs> I'm serious. I But I also have it updated my board. So there you go. Did you copy my last updated <laughs> rankings? Like, oh, wait, no. These are yours. Uh, <laughs> um, where do you have Jalen hood Shafino? Wow. What a pivot. Um like I said, I haven't updated my rankings. I have them at 16 on my last one. Um, I'm looking at the names. Would I move them up in front of anyone? Maybe he'd be. He'd have. I'd have to have a couple late night, late night drinks to see if I would move Jalen up. Why? I have him at 12, and I was really tempted to move him ahead of Kaysen. I think. Kaysen's going to be the guy in the lottery that people keep trying to move down. And I think Kaysen also is going to be one of the safer guys in this class. Is this just typical uh, Kentucky guard syndrome yeah. where just, I, 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 I don't think that's a hot take. I think Kaysen's going to be one of the safest picks in this lottery. Yeah. And I, and he's, I, I think he's going to play 12 plus years so. in the NBA. What? I, I did. This is a weird pivot by me. I didn't mean to immediately no, it's try, okay. to, it, try and discredit my pick because I, I really like Case and I think that Kentucky situation is not great this year, obviously. Um, they've started looking better once they made the move of Severe Wheeler to six man and letting Case and kind of run the show. Shocker that that has paid dividends. Um, so I, are, are you still super high on Case and as a just kind of all around defender? Yeah, um, I was trying to while we're we're BS, and I was just trying. I haven't looked it up yet, but his synergy numbers defensively that can't be right. Yeah, I I, I don't really trust synergy's defensive numbers. I'm assuming shout synergy. out synergy. He's not. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's that's shocking. A lot lower than I thought. Um, you just don't see a lot of times in college hoops where guys are, you know. 13, 6, 5, and 5. And I feel like he's just the guy that you look at and be like, oh, Kaysen had five steals tonight. Kaysen had six steals tonight. He's just a pest. Um, he's lengthy. I think he's just really good balance um, defensively. I, I, I think he's going to be a monster. I had him on my list. I think he's going to be a guy that whoever gets him in the lottery, you're going to be like, oh, okay. And then Casey Wallace is going to play like through preseason and some fan base is going to be like, this is awesome. Like he's just, <laughs> I, I absolutely love him. Um, he's the one guy every time I do a big board, I'm like, what am I doing? Why do I have him in here? Like I have him at 11 on my last one. I was like, what am I doing? Like I love Gigi Jackson. I love Nick Smith, but Kaysen's a guy. I just feel good. Like if I was, mm -hmm. He's a fun one that if you're like, oh, yeah, right now I'd have him 11. But if you were in a, a war room, you needed a contract extension, you're a GM, you've struggled the last couple drafts, you might be like, hey, Casey Wallace looks really good here. I might get another contract if I take a guy like that. I don't know. So I love him. Yeah, so I mean, he has a steal rate of four, which is pretty absurd. Um, and just looking you know, in Bartorvik's database at – freshmen who have had a steal rate of at least four in their freshman year from uh high major conferences names like marcus smart pop up alex caruso javon carter um there are that's it's kind of a promising trend or a, a really encouraging sign especially as someone who's supposed to be 
as chaotic and impactful of a point of attack defender as he is. I mean, what a list. Yeah, that just moved him up a spot on my board. Thanks. <laughs> Anytime you start with Marcus Smart and Alex Caruso. Yeah, I, I just, we're going to overthink it. And that's coming from someone that SGA was still one of my biggest, like, what the heck was I overthinking with Kentucky guards? But I just think if Casey Wallace goes to another place, is he having a much better year? I don't know. He's still having a great year in my yeah. eyes. When it comes to what I was expecting, I thought he was going to struggle to shoot it. He's yeah, been. shots. Woo! So, I mean, what else do I need to see? I mean, I don't know. I love him. I think we're going to all overthink it, myself Perfect. included. All right. W- what do you got next? Um, okay. So, you got Cason Wallace on ball defense. You got a pretty good squad. So, you have Cason Wallace on ball defense at seven foot four. Correct. With the wingspan. Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to go frame okay i'm gonna take my knight in shining armor jairus walker ah, i love it yeah so now i've got turkavion's all ball scoring at 6 8 and i've got andre ja- 6 8 jumping like andre jackson it's gonna be really fun um so i i just i cap i don't you need to talk about jairus walker because I've, I just did his game logs and I was just like, whoa, he's having a heck of a second, you know, late stretch. I, I absolutely love what I, I just, Jairus, I think's the top five guy and he's going to end up going ninth, isn't he? And we're all going to yep. be like, what the heck? Yep. I hate yeah, it. I, I have him at third. Um, He hasn't wow. fallen out of my top five since we did that episode on him over the summer. Um, I have him at four. He's been really, really good this year. I know the offensive numbers don't always pop, but the defensive versatility is there on a nightly basis. He's starting to slowly show a little more on offense game by game. He's starting to be allowed to do a little more game by game on offense. And especially come tournament time, that's going to be huge for Houston. But just when, when you compare this, his offensive film from this year to what he did at IMG it's night and day in terms of roles and responsibilities and versatility and when you kind of blend those two together like the the skill and the versatility that we saw at IMG with the kind of measured approach and the discipline that he's shown this year there there's still so much upside for this guy on offense um I I think he's just fucking incredible so at if I had the third pick I I wouldn't be disappointed at all or hesitate really in taking him. I mean, I'm a big over under prop bet guy when it comes to the draft. Call, call me out. I mean, that's why I do a lot of my homework, you know, try to make some money folks, you know, and <laughs> look for any advantage I can get, you know, until no ceilings makes it where I, this is my only job. I got to find it. And uh, Jairus, I will stay away. I will stay away. I don't care yep. what an over-under says. I will stay away from that one because he is the type of prospect it takes one front office to be all in. And they it, it's the Patrick Williams. It's just the, we don't care where we're picking. Jairus Walker has everything. And, you know, um, draft that Corey and Albert did an episode of Jeremy Wu. I thought Wu brought up a great point. They're like, hey, he's got the easiest, like the safest projection, the safest evaluation when it comes to like, you see a lot of, ways in which Jairus Walker is going to be a good pro. Like there's just so much he can do on the court in which like, if he doesn't turn into this 43% three point shooter, he's still going to be amazing piece to have on your team. So I got him at four right now. Um, It won't shock me if he goes third, won't shock me if he goes ninth. And yeah, you know, in a weird world, I would love the Spurs to draft him, play him as a small ball five next to Sohan, and we just get weird. And then he adapts the one-handed free throw, and we just let's go Spurs, go Spurs. I'm my my favorite fit is still him in OKC with Chet. Oh, um, I'm dreaming of that. I'll buy a jersey. That that, that defense is just nasty. But then you know you, you look at Tankathon, and they have the tenth pick right now, and that's like, would it surprise me if he fell there? No. Would it surprise me if he went a lot earlier? No. So I, I, what you said about just staying away because 
there are so many different outcomes with him where it's like, I have no idea. And it only takes one team, but it could Presti also only be up. one team. Um, <laughs> Presti would trade up in a second to get Jarris. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, I, he's fallen far enough. I'm going to go off ball shooting. I'm going to go Brandon Miller. Um, a good one. So nine, 92nd percentile shooting off the catch, 99th percentile when he's unguarded. Um, he's just been an absolute flamethrower. 94th percentile spotting up, um, 99th percentile in handoffs. Like the, I did not expect his shot to be this absurd this quickly. Um, we both really liked him uh, coming into the year we thought there was a lot of shooting upside there he was incredible in the mcdonald's all-american game but a lot of his high school stuff was more mid-range based and that's fine we like that we you know build your game out from the inside out um really get your mechanics down and he seemed to do that it just took a leap to elite skill much quicker than i thought it would i thought it'd be another year or two with him kind of hovering around 35 to 38 percent which would be you know it's still really good but it's not best in the country good I agree. I just realized I made a pick that I wanted to go a different direction. So now I'm trying to pivot on the run. Um, classic. Yeah, classic Rucker. Um, Brandon Miller, I absolutely love him. Um, I think he's a stud. I got him at three. Four. I know. Well, I got Jarrett at four. Um, I absolutely love Brandon Miller. I think, I think he's got star potential. I think he's got superstar potential. Um, you know, you're talking six nine with that ability to shoot it from outside. Yeah. And for everyone, important little thing I always forget to bring up when it when we talk synergy percentiles in college, if you're above seventy, that's a big deal. That's you get into those nineties, awesome. it is whoa. So like everyone's hearing those numbers and NBA when you're in the nineties, yeah, that's da- that's really really damn good. But college when you're in the nineties, it's like oh my goodness. So that's a big deal. Being Be- um, above fifty five or 60 is yeah. really good. It's it's like a weighted curve compared to like, you know, A, B, C, D. It's, it's, you get above 60%, you're pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, I love Brandon Miller. I love everything I've seen. I thought the, the early season stuff about his finishing, I thought it was a little overblown, but I understand it because this is draft season. We got to find stuff to talk about. And it's, if you're not talking about that, you're not doing your job as a scout. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was talking about it, but I'm one of those like, Hey, let's wait and see. And, um, I still absolutely love what he's done. So that's a good one. Um, okay. I need to get an off-ball defense guy, and this is where I'm struggling. Okay, I'm going to come back to that one. So, right. so what what was the pick that you made that screwed up your strategy? Well, I was going to do Jarris for off-ball. I was also thinking about that. Um, that was actually what I wanted to really do because I absolutely love – I'm taking – too long to do this project. Sorry, folks. You'll understand. I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I have been watching Jairus off the ball, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So yeah. would you like a mulligan? Do you, do you want to switch them? I, I will allow you to do so. Really? That's nice I, of you. Are you sure? Yes. Do you want a mulligan? Is that why? No, because I'm, okay. I'm kicking the shit out of you in this. So I, I feel no, like no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So here's <laughs> what we'll do. I'm going to do... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Jairus' off-ball defense. And then for body, frame. Give me Cam Whitmore. Okay. Okay. I shouldn't let you do this. I really appreciate that. That was a big change. Hey, yeah. that, you know nice. what? Danny Ainge just made a trade right there. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have let you do that. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, Mick, are you sure? Because I really want this trade. Because there goes my athleticism. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Okay, so my guy's literally Frankenstein. Um, well, let's let's focus because I talked plenty about Jairus, but you talk about Jairus's off ball. Is there something is besides Victor? Is he the number two off ball defense guy? Oh, I uh, because I randomly threw a wild card. I thought Grady Dick mentioned as an off ball defense guy was like almost underrated. But I was like, I'm not that confident to go no he's, he's not that good but he's he's not as 
bad as people were trying to paint yes. him out as at the beginning. I think of he's the year. smart, well, like he's team really defense wise. I think yeah. he, he'd he's be a good in the fit. right spots. He's got yes. really quick hands. Um, but I had him as my last guy. But I was like, he, you know, worst case scenario, there's my grenade. Yeah, but I, I, I also wrote about Jarris Walker's defensive versatility over at NoSealingNBA.com earlier this year. Plug number two of the night. God, it's um, good. He covers so much fucking ground yeah. and is just in the right place all of the time. Um, and then at that size, with that agility, the the reach, the instincts, um, you know, I I feel like I've referenced this play a dozen times this year. Um, but you know, there is I think it was the Alabama game. Um, apologies if I'm mistaken on that, but you know, he tags the roller at the free throw line basically and basically stops him in his tracks because he's a massive human being. And then guard tries to make the cross court skip pass to the guy that Jairus just left in the corner. And Jairus reads it immediately, picks it off easily and takes it the other way for a score. It's like, Holy crap. Like having your power forward, being able to do that is special. And I don't think there are a whole lot of guys in this draft class who can do that. And then also have the ability to switch essentially one through five. So I, I'm a massive Juris Walker fan. Yeah, I mean, it's every time I'm watching his defensive stuff, he has a sequence where I'm just like laughing, hysterical watching it. Um, I feel like I'm just sitting on the couch in a dark room like the Joker, just hysterically laughing. Because like even against Oregon, he had that one where he's guarding the inbounder, they inbound it. He comes yeah. out of nowhere, sneaks up behind, pokes it away, runs the break, gets it on the wing, goes up, finishes with finesse. It's like, my goodness. So he just has a lot of those sequences where they're awesome. But um, yeah, that was a big trade for me. So I really appreciate it. You're up, sir. All right. Um, all right. So I have athleticism and off-ball defense left. I think I'm going to go off ball defense and go with a friend of the program, friend of the show, um, Kevin McCuller. I love that. Wow. Okay. Good, good, good. I I think McCuller oh. might be one of the most reliable defenders in the country right now. I'm getting some weird McCuller vibes. I also am a sucker for guys that rebound. And oh, I think God. his last like five games, he's averaging like 10 plus boards he's averaging like 12 and 10 from a 6-6 guard which is just showing me that you give a fuck yeah <laughs> and i love that so i'm like okay is mcculler entering uh sleeper territory there's also like 90 percent chance that brad stevens drafts him in which i just <laughs> am very excited <laughs> i he, he kind of uh, gives me herb jones vibes um yeah it just I, seems like a guy that plays in the league. I, you know, we were talking about hands on defense. I think his are right up there with some of the best. Um, when you watch him tag and recover and rotate on the weak side, and he covers a ton of ground. I think he's so smart on that end of the floor, moves his feet really well. Uh, just his instincts are so incredible on that end of the floor. He's just got to shoot it, and he hasn't really done that consistently this year which is a bummer um i still have a second round grade on him i have for essentially the entire year i think i you know i think once you get in that second round there are a lot worse guys you could take a flyer on um so i'm still really intrigued by him i think he is asked to do very little on this kansas team and he has to do a lot of the really unsexy stuff for that team and i think he does it at a really high level so that's where i'm going Okay, that's a good one. What do I need? I need on-ball defense. And that's it. Um, that's it? That's it. I'm going to take another friend of the program. Jalen Clark, UCLA. I was going to take uh, someone I just wrote about, but I got to give Jalen a little, little shout-out. If everyone hasn't heard it, Corey and Albert did a film sesh, little podcast breakdown, and did, gosh, there is just quotes galore by Jalen. That was a fantastic episode. He talked, the Harrison Barnes thing is probably one of the funniest things I've heard in a minute. Um, I even sent that to one of my buddies that like used to work with me with the Warriors, and he was just like, oh my gosh, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> so it was great. Um, so everyone go check that out. But 
Hey, I love Jalen as an on-ball guy. I think he's going to be a pest. He's got length. He's nastiness. I like his footwork, and he's got athleticism. So I like that pick. Um, Metcalf, finish her off. All right, so I just have athleticism left. Um, some guys who are high on my board. Amen Thompson, screwed me there. Yeah. Um, Jarris Walker, screwed me there. Cam Whitmore, screwed me there. Um, so I just really appreciate Andre Jackson. You know, I just really appreciate you playing defense. Um, the problem is, is this, your your Frankenstein has a lot of big names. Mine is just psychotic. Like mine so, is like, hold on for your life. I, I I don't think it's that big of a settle for me. I'm going to go with Asar Thompson. And I, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty yeah. easy. I, when pretty we're talking easy. about the remaining athletes, he's a pretty damn good one. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to go with. I think I've missed a big opportunity. So everyone listening right now for frame, I think I missed a big opportunity to have some fun and probably pick Zach Eady or Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. See, you, you can't, you can't, compete with 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 my size and my length but i also just wouldn't want to deal deal with whitmore's frame either so. <laughs> um i should have just thrown like compare like just thrown a complete curveball and pick someone like tiny it's been funny <laughs> just go with kansas state's point guard Mar- marquise noel who's like yeah something like that severe wheel or um Okay, so to, to recap, um, so for on-ball scoring, I had Bryce Sensabaugh, off-ball shooting, Brandon Miller, playmaking, Scoot Henderson, uh, frame, Victor Wembanyama, athleticism, Asar Thompson, on-ball defense, Kaysen Wallace, and off-ball defense, Kevin McCuller. Uh, Rucker had on-ball scoring, Turquavion Smith, off-ball shooting, Jordan Hawkins, playmaking, Amen Thompson, uh, frame, Cam Whitmore, athleticism, Andre Jackson, on-ball defense, Jalen Clark, off-ball defense, Jarris Walker. I, I mean, I just, I, I think this was fun. It worked out in a great way. I'm going to make a graphic for this. Um, and then I need to also make a graphic for our stock update. Can we next episode do a stock update little talk from our one? I'm really, really excited about that one. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's all based off of the prices that Corey posts. So it, I'm, it's oh yeah, so we got to wait for him to do yeah. yeah so uh, we'll just him. do updates every time Corey yeah. posts it. So then I can start bugging Corey to do it. But hey, Corey, <laughs> get your, you know, get to work, get back to work. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I need to make a graphic for that too. Um, yeah, I, I like this exercise. This is definitely more enjoyable than what I was thinking of for the last <laughs> week. <laughs> the one we wanted to do, and everyone will see what we're doing. It's just. It's a good idea. Corey texted to me one day. He's like, you met Cash do this. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then I started thinking of it. And I was like, my head hurts. Like, yeah, I really I, need to I think about having a really bad time. Yeah, <laughs> just straight up bad time, bro. Um, what else you got? You know, we're, we're this was a good one. I liked it. What, what are we thinking? Draft season's still good for you? Are you tr- struggling on anyone? I, I don't think so. I, I'm feeling pretty good um who's rising on your boards the people want to know i've been getting these you know carrier pigeon messages all the time they're like hey who's metcalf buzzing on lately <laughs> um oh god i'm tearing how much do you like the anthony black train right now i'm kidding let's um yeah um <laughs> a dumb bona second best big man uh, writing about him for Friday, so check that out. Good. Uh, Deron Holmes starting to understand it. His passing is nasty, man. Just like you those, started watching him, those skip passes out of the post. I like him. So like the opposite corner. He's got and some stuff. His drop coverage and pick and roll. It's he gets really low in his stance and covers just an immense amount of ground with his wingspan and his length. Um, and then just his agility to move and kind of reposition himself. Really, really impressive stuff. So do you he, like he, his feet? He moved in. I think so. I, they're I, not I the right. I have the same reaction. I'm watching it. Like I, I like they're, they're not like him. They're not quick, <laughs> but he's always balanced where he's not, he's not like upright and crossing his feet. Um, that's something like Filipowski does a lot where I, I love Filipowski's motor. I think there's a lot to work with there, but fundamentally he's really upright in his defensive stance and crosses his feet to catch up a lot. Deron Holmes isn't doing that where his, 
foot speed is a little slower than Filipowski's, but his fundamentals of staying on balance and sliding and then using his length to make up for the lack of speed is exactly where it needs to be. He's got a little underrated step through too. Um, and it's not, it's not like the prettiest, but he also knows how to use like power to almost like combine it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's like, okay, it's pretty enough, but then to finish, he uses, he knows how to use his power and strength. I'm telling you, I had him at 34 before and, uh, Shout out, Simon reached out to me today and we were just talking about it. He's like, you think there's a drop-off after this one point? I was like, yes, there is. And then I, I'm, so I'm like looking, 20. I'm like, well, yeah. And I, it, Simon had even said like 25. And I was like, that's a good number. I was like, 20, 25 yeah. for sure. Um, but to Ron, I'm telling you, I'm looking at him and I'm like, why is he not a potential late first round guy? And it, this big class is a fucking nightmare. Not good, Bob. It's just because, like, I love Filipowski, but I watched Deron Holmes, and I'm like, man, I really like Deron Holmes. <laughs> like, I'm like, for what I'm looking at, I really like him, and then I like Noah Clowney, and but a lot of those guys are, are we loving them so much because of what we're not getting from the preseason hype machines of Khalil Ware and Lively, and Lively had one good game, and I was like, oh my gosh, please be the start of something. So, I don't know. But and um, ju- 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 I just want to give some credit to Lively too. I've really liked his rim protection this year. And you haven't, that's not BS. You've been texting that a lot. You've been like, Hey, he is, his shot blocking is legit. Um, I just want him to have a game where he's like 15 and 12 with four block. And but that would require him to touch the ball on offense. Exactly. That's exactly and where I'm going. Exactly. John Shires having none of that. Where do you have TJD? Uh, 33. That's a good list. Yep. I had him at 39 on my last board. He's going up. Um, talk to me, Ricky, Ricky Council, real quick. Okay. I don't know what to do with Ricky Council because I really, I really like the bucket mentality. He yes. can, he can score. Like, I, I love, I really, really like watching him. I like him as a prospect. I love him. And then the three point shot is bad yeah it's just like i don't know it's different mechanics than his mid-range yeah which is like a weird hitch he's got this narrow base he almost shoots it on the way down it's he keeps having big games and then i go to do the game logs i'm like oh he's still shooting 25 percent from three like it's just driving me crazy but i really like him um awesome athlete nine the on-ball defense i think is solid the off-ball defense is not um the playmaking and ball handling and kind of creation uh, isn't really there unless he's getting to his spots in the mid range. Um, and I'm just not quite sure how that translates. Cause I don't think he's going to be given the ball a whole lot and you know, the, the cutting is going to have to improve or at least, you know, be a little more regular. Um, I don't know. He He's tough. I still have a draftable grade on him, but I I've cooled on him a good amount because just that that outside jumper and the off-ball defense really concerned me yeah i mean the last last guy i'm gonna give a shout out and he's rising up my board i think he's gotta get drafted kobe brown missouri mm. his last five games he's averaging 27 he's fun. three and 2.6 steals on shooting splits of 63 57 79 Dude's just doing everything for yeah. Missouri. I absolutely love watching him. He's just like this. They got, you go to ESPN, he's listed as a guard. He's six, <laughs> seven, two, 40. They're playing him at the five and four. He's just does everything. And I just think that's a guy that teams are going to be like, that's a second round pick. We will take Kobe Brown and he will figure out a way to make an impact in end of a roster or something. I don't know. I love guys like that. Shout out Missouri. While we're on Missouri, where are you at with uh, Demoy Hodge? I like him a lot. Um, he's had a couple. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's had a couple downers with games right lately, uh, or just did he, he just have his last game was his, bad? His or last no? one, no, his last one was good. I think it was like the two before that that were kind of a struggle. I think the last one he went like five of ten from three with like twenty plus. I've got them both in my top sixty. Um, uh, yeah, I have them just outside, so both of them in my sixties. But um, so okay, so he's he's on a little bit of a cold. He had uh, six, 
seven, five, 24, 17, eight. But before that, before that, I mean, he was on a heater. He had a 10 game stretch of averaging almost 18 a game while shooting 45% from three. I think yeah. he's do good play. I mean, and this some is of his like defensive numbers are really impressive. Like the steal and block rates. For all the your college basketball fans out there, I, I'm gonna warn everyone right now. You do a bracket this year, be careful about Missouri. They're fun. <laughs> There's so much. I love that team, and, and um, shout out to the Mizzou fans. We got some Mizzou guys that have been giving some no ceilings love on on social media, and they're like, it's cool to see the, you know, Missouri players getting some draft love, and I'm like, they deserve it. Like, I I think they're both guys that should get drafted. Yeah, I, I absolutely think. I think Hodge could shoot the crap out of the ball. I like his his fundamentals look good. And I think Kobe just shows a lot of versatility with some stuff he gets. His playmaking is really fun. Um, I think he also just knows how to play to his strengths. Now, if you could translate that to the next level, that's another story, but I think some team will, will like the intangibles. Absolutely. Well, Rucker, this is a blast plug what you need to. Yeah, it's a long one. Um, thanks for everyone listening. Uh, when you're listening to this, you know, get to your, destination if you're in a car or you know go go pull out a computer go to no ceilings and check out metcalf's piece on the dembona we just talked about how the big class is a little bit of a wild card and a dembona might be the guy to take advantage of that this year i absolutely love him metcalf's been pushing that praise that he was a this year not next year guy so that might be coming to the to the surface but um for everything else, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker. And be paying attention. We got some news coming out soon. Big news. Very big news. But Metcalf, as always, thank you. Have a great weekend. Travel safe. And, Absolutely. Uh, go Celtics. <laughs> well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. Um, you can find all of our written work at NoSealingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish. You can follow us across all socials at NoSealingsNBA. And like Rucker said, we have some really big news coming down the pipeline. Um, we're very excited about it. It's going to be really just a lot of fun. So you can also follow us on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Till next time, see ya.